If you're interested in small business, you're going to want to subscribe to the Small Business Showcase by Kaizentree. We meet with small business owners every week to discuss lessons that you can apply in your own journey. Learn from their failures, successes, and stories to discover how to build a life doing what you love. For those of you who already have a small business, be sure to check out kaizentree.com, an online platform that helps manage your inventory, sales channels, customer relationships, and more. and welcome to the Small Business Showcase. My name is Emily, and as always, it's great to have you here. With me today is Sarah Marshall from Marshall's Hot Sauce. How are you today, Sarah? I'm good. How are you? I'm good, thank you. To start off, can you tell me a little bit about what you do at Marshall's Hot Sauce? Sure, yeah. So I um, am based in Portland, Oregon, and I have a sauce company, and we make uh, small batch hot sauces using uh, local ingredients from the farmer's market, but we also do many other things. So I started the business in 2011, and that's how I started. It was just this sauce business. I had four sauces only. Um, I, you know, made the recipes based on a lot of like canning and preserving that I was doing, but then over the years, I just started doing more and more things and kind of getting better at it and becoming this sort of preservation expert because I was became a master canner, which is a certification that we have here, and then um, started teaching a lot of preserving classes and freeze drying and infusing and um, just doing all this really fun, cool stuff. And the longer I did it, kind of the more tools I gathered. So I have like, my basement is like a science lab. So I have a distiller and a freeze dryer and a dehydrator and um, a steam juicer, all this really cool stuff. So even though I, the basic question is that, yes, I make sauces, but I do a lot of other really cool, fun things. (laughs) That's awesome. It sounds like a really natural progression then for you to start, started hot sauces. And now what else are you doing? What other products do you have? Well, so we have the hot sauces, but then we have about 27 flavors that will come in and out of season. And so a lot of those people can just come get from me at the farmer's market. I don't make them in huge quantities or they can join our hot sauce subscription and then we can mail them out to them. But we'll do all these really fun ones where maybe we'll just make a couple of hundred bottles, you know, so like last month we did a um, heirloom tomato Bloody Mary mix. So that is like veering off the course a little bit. Um, Or we'll do like I did a cucumber mustard uh, the month before or a strawberry rhubarb ghost hot sauce. So I'm just like playing around with whatever's in season at our market. And I'll just do these really small quantities. And um, a lot of them are based on recipes that came from my cookbook. So but there'll be like little tweaks on them based on what we have just here in the Pacific. Northwest. And then uh, other than like sauces and those kinds of things, I'll, I'll do maybe some jams or jellies or, but then I also do these seasoning packets so people can easily cook at home. And that's where my freeze dryer comes in. So I do um, a taco seasoning and a chili seasoning so people can just open up the packet and everything's ready. So I've freeze dried shallots that are prepped. So you don't even have to like chop an onion or anything like that. And then in those, I dehydrate some of our hot sauces. So it really has these unique flavors that people couldn't create at home by just, you know, using their own paprika or whatever they have on hand, it really creates something very special. So that's been my new um, avenue of, I really started that during the pandemic just to make, uh, since people were cooking so much more at home, making it really easy for them to do something that was cool and didn't have any, you know, we don't use any preservatives or anything like that. So it's just spices and vegetables. And so it's a lot healthier option for people. 
That's really cool. And because of your preserving and stuff, how long is the shelf life on your products? The, you know, the shelf life for things. So my business is really based in water bath canning. So we're, um, you know, we're actually pasteurizing it. So we make the sauce and we bottle it and then we put it in a water bath, which is hot water. So um, it's pasteurized, which means it has a two year shelf life. Um, and, you know, they always recommend that you keep sauces in the fridge, uh, but you actually don't have to. Um, they would stay good outside of the refrigerator, but they start to get a little dark in color um, just because, you know, that light is changing the sauces. So I always recommend that people put them in the fridge. And then the seasoning packets are vacuum sealed. So they really last forever. And they're kind of a nice thing. A lot of people have been taking them on backpacking trips and camping because it's just an easy way to pack that in and um, kind of do whatever they want on the trail. So they don't have to pack their spice cabinet or their bottles of hot sauce. <laughs> yeah, it sounds like you've got a really diverse range and that allows people to, it fits into their diverse lives really well. Yeah, um, definitely. And I saw that also on your website, you've got tools and other canning supplies for sale as well. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, you know, pre-COVID, I taught a lot of classes and that was a big part of um, our business because we would really connect to our customers. Um, we you know, my kitchen where I make all my sauces is a commercial kitchen that's um, in the converted bottom floor of our house. So we have a separate kitchen upstairs. That's our home kitchen, but this is just where we work. And so I would, um, you know, invite people into our production space and teach these classes and they would see where our sauces are made. You know, we have a big garden. We grow a lot of the produce that we use. They could see the things that we were growing and how we really turn them into this special, um, you know, sauce. And so I started teaching these preserving and canning classes um, and we haven't done them for, you know, about a year and a half because of COVID. And I didn't switch to online because what I really love about teaching classes is doing it in person. And I think that a hands-on experience is really nice for people when they're doing something that they're unsure of. So my goal is always to have people leave the classes feeling confident about preserving their own food and about canning. So I teach water bath canning classes and I also teach, um, fresher canning classes and those are two you know very different vehicles and so sometimes people will request a specific class like maybe they want to start their own hot sauce business or a jam business so I get a lot of uh, new entrepreneurs that want to come to my classes which is really cool because then I get to be part of the very beginning of their journey and help them to do that um, and I used to host the classes through Airbnb experience so we would get a lot of people that were traveling from other countries from other states that if they booked an Airbnb then my classes would pop up as something they could do while they were here. So it was really like a thriving part of the business. And it has, you know, we've stopped for now, but I, I, I can't wait to get back into it because um, it's really fun for me to be part of people's journeys and to have them leave. And then, you know, later I'll have them send me pictures of the things that they're canning. And so I really just get to continue to be part of their lives, which is really cool. That is super cool that you've been able to build connections. Yeah. And then, you know, people would ask about what stuff I recommended to, um, you know, to either for their own business or for their personal canning. And, you know, as you do things more and more, you realize what tools 
you really love and what, you know, what ones you would recommend and wouldn't recommend. And so I just, at first I would just kind of send people a link and then I just started selling them here because people really wanted to go home from the class and like can right away. And so I have just, it's not, I call it my canning shop, but really it's just like a chef rack with just like the basics of what people need to go home with. And then I also have the basics of what people needed if they were going to start a business like mine. So, um, you know, you have to use certain tools for that, like a pH reader and um, the, the ways to fill the bottles. So I had so many questions that it was just, um, you know, I just wanted to give people something they would only have to buy once instead of something that wasn't going to be reliable because there was a lot of different stuff out there. So, so I do sell those in my shop too, um, in my shop in person and my shop online. And we've touched on this before with our other podcast guests who do classes like yours, but you're not worried about teaching other people your hot sauce craft, teaching other uh, potential hot sauce entrepreneurs? I'm not. I So I love being part of people's journeys. I used to be a social worker before I did this work. And I think that if I can inspire someone and be part of their life, I would much rather do that than have them think of me as um, like competition or, um, you know, that that they would be afraid to interact with me. I want to be very welcoming to anyone. Um, you know, the hot sauce world, when I entered it, wasn't very welcoming to me, and especially not to women. It was a very um, male-focused, uh, you know, kind of bro-y thing. And, um, you know, in the first year I entered, I won a hot sauce award, and so I, I went to this event, and um, I just, I didn't feel welcomed into it and which was sucked you know and so <laughs> I just over the years I've tried to change that a lot so uh, I started a group here in Portland called the Pacific Northwest Hot Sauce Makers Group and there are about 30 of us just in the like Oregon and Seattle you know Washington area uh, and so I formed this group I just invited everybody over to my house and said make something with someone else's hot sauce let's all hang out we all see each other at all these things and we all have so much in common because we have this same craft, even though our sauces are totally different, we have this commonality, like let's all bond together. And so from that, that was a few years ago now, um, you know, from that it has, we've all made these friendships. We all support each other. It's not awkward when we're at the same shows, you know, and it, we can really just be this supportive community. And then it, it has turned into, you know, a friend base, a support system, especially in the time of the pandemic, as people were running out of supplies and the supply chain was really hard for people that use glass bottles and plastic lids and, you know, people that were doing things on a small level. And so we could help each other out and just be like, hey, anybody have an extra hundred bottles? I have this order. I need to get out, you know, and, and we would just back and forth, like leave stuff on each other's porches. And so it was just this really nice bonding thing. And I've really tried to do that through this entire journey and really tried to help people start their own businesses. I also host a podcast called Sony and Marshall, the meaningful marketplace. And my friend, Sarah Masoni, who's a food scientist, we interview women who have food businesses and, you know, we have other people that have sauce businesses, people that have all kinds of businesses. And I think that, you know, what I try to do there is just help 
lift each other up because I think people are really self-deprecating to their own business and they kind of stand in their own way and they're doing these great, amazing things. But a lot of times they're alone. They're alone in their home as a new business owner and just like kind of tearing themselves down. So we wanted to have these women on the show to just be like, what you're doing is super rad. And this is like, just that you have this business is great. And we want everyone to know about it, you know? And so that's just the standpoint I try to take with everything, with my life, with my business, with my podcast, like it feels good to be joyous and welcoming. And so that's how I want to live. That's fantastic. I think especially the pandemic made it clear that we need to be more community driven than competition driven in so many facets of our lives. Yeah, we need each other. And I think that it has really showed that a lot. And what I hope is that we continue as a society to all help each other wherever we can in whatever avenue. And I think what everyone does with the small business is so important, no matter what they do, it's part of their persona. It's part of their life. And, um, you know, I want to know about it and I want to support it. And I always say that small business owners are really all like that. They, you know, if somebody pays me money to my business, I'm going to take it and I'm going to pay somebody else for their small business, you know, and we are just circling around this money, but even past the money, it can be that we are just circling around information and love, joy, and all those things are so important. We can just do that with each other. And it just makes people's lives so much better. (laughs) You know, if we can absolutely do that, I feel like, yeah, I feel like that's what I just try to emulate even, you know, with my family and my business. And, and I hope in some way that I'm helping to improve the world (laughs) in my my small, tiny way. (laughs) I'm sure you are. Absolutely. And so you mentioned before that you were working out of the bottom floor of your home. What's that like? How did that start? So when I first started the business in 2011, I just worked out of my home kitchen. There's a license you can get in Oregon. Um, It's now called a cottage license. When I first got it, it was called domestic kitchen. And so if you didn't have... um, animals or children in the home, you could use your kitchen to make a small amount of product. And it was kind of a good way for people to start without a big cost of overhead. So I started that way, you know, I would make 12 bottles at home. I had my little canning pot. My business is all based in canning. That's how I did it when I started. And then I grew pretty quickly. I, once you enter like the marketplace, you, you have to have <laughs> more space. And so um, then I had a shared commercial kitchen with a bunch of other makers here in town. I shared with the popcorn business and a goat cheese business. And, and that was wonderful because it provided some community, you know, as I was getting started and we were all just starting these, we were all three women owned businesses and we could kind of support each other and ask each other questions and just have this good, awesome support system. But then I kind of outgrew that space too. And I needed, you know, when you share a kitchen you have to haul all your stuff in and out for the hours that you're there. And so it gets really hard to do that. And then I had my daughter. And so then I also had a child to haul around, which was like, it just gets challenging, you know? We were looking at building out some kind of commercial space, but then I was just looking online at other commercial kitchens. And this home came up that someone had built he was a contractor and he had turned the bottom floor of the house into a commercial kitchen for wife's gluten-free raw cake business and they were selling their house and it was ironically like 10 blocks from my house 
it was everything about it was perfect. We needed to move anyways because we had this new baby and we had a, you know, 750 square foot house. We didn't have, even have a room for her. And so it was like living in a New York apartment. <laughs> and so And so it was just, it all kind of just happened really fast. We had to sell our house in one day to buy this one, but we just like, made it happen. We hustled the housing market in Portland's pretty wild. So we were able to do that. And so we've been here, this is about our fourth year here. And so we, you know, the downstairs is totally separate. It's our business. And, you know, we have a shipping area, we have a podcast studio, we have our kitchen, we have a bathroom for the employees. Um, and then upstairs is our family home. So during the pandemic, especially, it's been really nice to be able to work whenever I need to, because our, our life with my daughter and husband changed, um, our schedule has changed. So I worked a lot. I would spend my day with her and I would work, you know, until 2am if I needed to, whatever it took to like make it happen, you know, after I put her to bed. And so I feel really lucky that we were able to do that because I didn't have to think about having, you know, a big manufacturing space with lots of employees that got really tricky for people, but I was able to just work a lot and really hard late at night by myself <laughs> to get by. And so, you know, here we are, we still were able to do it. And I, I feel really lucky that, that we had this space to do that in. Yeah. You were close enough that you could find the hours where, where you had them. Wherever I could fit it in. <laughs> and how many employees do you currently have? We have a two part-time employees. So my, my husband is a full-time employee of the business. I'm a full-time employee of the business. And then we have two part-time employees who are, you know, like our family, they are part of our world and part of everything that we do and have been for a while. And they're part of my daughter's life because she, she, <laughs> she comes down to tell us everything that's going on in her seven-year-old world and we're ready for it. <laughs> That's very cool. And you sell your product online and at markets? Yeah, we do. So we do, you know, when I first started, I did tons of farmer's markets. That's really how I got my name out. And I love farmer's markets so much. And I think they're so important to small businesses. And especially when you're just starting, I think it's like the best thing you can do for your business is that I've always been the person that's there at the booth, telling people about what I do, telling them about why I do it, selling them, you know, the things or the tools to start their own businesses, you know, all those things happen for me at the farmer's market. But over the years, it got harder to do so many because I also make all the sauce. So I, as I started to make more sauce, I had to do less markets. And so now we just do one, we do the one big Portland farmer's market that's at Portland State University. It's one of the biggest and I think best markets in the country. It's really wonderful. There's tons of vendors and really, really rad local farmers. And so we just do that one on Saturday and then we you know, sell it to local stores in town. And then we also wholesale to different shops uh, across the country. So we've really like spread out pretty big, but since our, basically I got better <laughs> at making sauce. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, as when I was first doing it, I was making these batches of 12 bottles and now our batches are still really small as far as food production goes, you know, like maybe our biggest pot holds like 300 bottles. We're not a co-packer, you know, so we're still at the stove with my spatula and my pot <laughs> and I still make everything. But that's what I feel like makes it really special is because I'm still creating these things that I want people to take home and enjoy. And I'm not just kind of like, 
throwing a bunch of stuff in a blender and bottling it, you know, we're like doing all this dehydrating and infusing and try to do really cool stuff that I haven't seen out there. So one of my newer sauces, I dehydrate this dull seaweed. It's this beautiful purple seaweed. We get it from a seaweed farmer. A lot of people don't know that there are seaweed farmers, but there are. I certainly didn't. (laughs) Yeah. So Chuck is our seaweed farmer. He comes, shows up on my porch with big droopy bags of purple seaweed. And then I dehydrate them and our whole house smells like the ocean. And it makes me want to go to the beach. And I use that to create this really lovely sauce that has organic miso and liquid aminos and all the things that you would need for like a stir fry. So it has this nice umami from the seaweed and kind of like a vegan fish sauce. It's really, really fun. And so it took me a while to create that. But now that I have, I just feel like so proud of it. And I know it's not something that other people are doing or would even want to do necessarily because not everybody wants to spend time dehydrating seaweed. It's not them. Not (laughs) everyone has their local seaweed farmer to call up. No, no. And so it just feels really cool. Like I feel like I'm, you know, creating this, it's a sauce, but it's also like very much showing the time and place in Oregon right now. So it's like, you know, I'm taking all of these things that all these other people are doing, you know, like my friend Ben is harvesting the salt from the Oregon coast. Chuck is, you know, harvesting the seaweed. We're getting these garlic chives from our farmer in Southern Oregon. And so it's just like, I'm taking all the best of what these people are doing and putting it into this bottle. And I think that when people walk through the grocery store, that's not what they are thinking about or what they're expecting. And maybe they won't even ever notice that about my sauce, but that's why I like to tell people about it because it's like, well, I'm not just making this sauce. I'm like creating this awesome experience. And I'm going to tell you about all these people that are doing this rad stuff so that you can get to know them too, because it's exciting and it's connecting you to this time and place. So that's what I try to do with all the sauces. Yeah, of course. Every single thing you do has such a personal touch. And the best part of a personal touch is when people know about it. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know, we're in a lot of grocery stores and people will see it, but it's hard to portray that to everybody. Um, It really has to come from me. So we've tried to do a lot of interactive stuff. So, you know, and it it starts just like one-on-one with people. So like doing the classes and connecting with those people, meeting people at the market and doing that. I do um, these live Instagram cooking videos every week to show people how to cook with what's in season here at the market and our sauces so that they can make these quick, easy meals. And I really only started doing that during the pandemic because so many people were cooking that had never cooked. And my cookbook is more like complicated. Like, it's like, I'm going to show you how to do things that you would probably never do. You know, I'm going to teach you about drying things in your oven and roasting tomatoes and peeling the skins off, you know, in the oven instead of in boiling water. So like teaching people to like really connect slowly, like it's part of the slow food movement, enjoying your time, you're paying attention to the smells, you're doing all this stuff. But during the pandemic, it was totally different because you don't usually cook. (laughs) You don't don't usually in your home. I'm going to make things really quick and really easy for you. And I'm going to be there with you to do it. So we had a lot of people who really enjoyed that so that they could watch the video. And then they would send me pictures of their dinners. Like they would totally make it. And we started doing these porch deliveries where we would deliver the stuff that they needed for making the dish, you know, so we just had some basic pantry things because as the grocery stores were a little bit crazy to navigate or ordering online was really hard. My friend, Kristen, who works for us and I would 
just post these recipes, be like, hey, we can, we're out doing deliveries and we just drop it to people's doors around town. You know, we, we made it very simple for people to just enter porch delivery as a discount code. And that meant we were going to run it to their door. And so, <laughs> so we did that all the way through and we still are offering that service, but it's, people don't need it quite as much, you know? Mm-hmm. So sometimes people still will, they'll be like, I really wanted your barbecue sauce and I'm having a barbecue today. And I'm like, okay, I'll be right over. I'll run it over to you right now. <laughs> I think that's a really fantastic service yep. to offer, especially, especially based in the <laughs> pandemic. But I think that's something people probably really appreciate from you guys is it comes right to their door. Yeah. Well, and I mean, then I'm part of their life, you know, I'm part of their story of like, we really wanted to make this thing for our friends and neighbors and we didn't have the sauce. And then like Sarah brought it over. Saved the day. Yeah. (laughs) Who doesn't want to save someone's day? (laughs) And you touched on it a little bit, but you've got the preservation pantry or cookbook. Well, how did that start? Yeah, so I um, had been working on all of these different recipes. You know, canning is a very specific science and you have to follow a lot of rules. And, you know, I had been creating these things that were just like a little bit different from some of the recipes that are in like the big canning books. And so I worked with the Food Innovation Center. They're run by Oregon State University. And I just created these really special things that I felt like were just a little bit different. And I put them all together and we use a really special system with our hot sauces, which is where we really try to have no waste with what we're creating. So if we are making our habanero carrot curry sauce, which takes carrots, we're using the tops of the carrots and making a pesto that we then sell at market. So anything that would normally be composted, we're trying to use in some other ways. If we're using basil for something, we'll take it and infuse all the basil stems into a vinegar so that we're like using even that part. And we use like roots, we use peels, all this different stuff. So the cookbook is called Preservation Pantry, Modern Canning from Root to Top and Stem to Core. So it's showing people how to make all this other cool stuff with stuff that they would normally compost while they're canning. If you're canning cherries, then you're taking the cherry stones and making your own bitters. If you're doing peach then you take the peach stone and make your own tonic. So it was just like this cool way to show what we were already doing. And hopefully it was at a time right before people were just starting to talk about, hey, maybe we should do some things different with the environment and like pay attention to our food waste and all of that. So it was a nice time for that to be released. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I think there's been definitely more focus on being sustainable with your cooking and not quite throwing away as much as people used to. Yeah, yeah. You know, in Portland, we have compost bins and everybody composts and they either put it in their garden or they put it at the curb, but there's lots of places that don't do that. And and if you're in like, you know, New York City, you're not going to be able to put your compost on the curb. But this just gave people a way to do something with that stuff so that they could feel like they were doing their part to not create more waste, you know. Mm -hmm. makes it so much more accessible for people. Yeah, it came out, gosh, I should really know the year, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I think maybe four or five years ago. Yeah. And the book's still available. Um, It's it's taken on different versions of printing over the years, but you can get it still on Amazon. You can get it on Kindle. We sell it on our website. So it's around if people want to get into canning and preserving. And the book also shows people how to cook with the things that they're canning to make easy recipes. So you could do like the mango saffron rose petal jam, and then you can make this polenta tart that's really beautiful with this beautiful jam. 
And then also, you know, I have a canning club here in town called Portland Preservation Society that my friend Brooke started. And um, she's actually the illustrator of the book. And we have had the group now, I, I think about nine years. And we meet up with other canners once a month and trade canned goods and talk canning. And so there's instructions in the book too on how to start a group like that in your own area, if that's something you're into. That's very cool. And what would be some advice you have for other small business owners? Obviously, you've been around for a while doing your hot sauce, but what kind of things would you say to someone who's just starting out? I would say your best bet is to definitely try to create a community and a support system. I think sometimes people are afraid to reach out to other people, but when people reach out to me, I answer every single person that ever sends me a message. If I don't know how to help them, I try to connect them to someone who can, because there's a lot of really great resources and, you know, I don't get paid for that service, but there's a lot of people that do a job as a consultant or want to consult small businesses. And I think those are great. But I think, you know, as someone who's like been in the food industry for a long time, I at least know people that other business owners can talk to or get advice from or connect with or use their services if if there's something that they really need. And I think that that's just come from me befriending and and talking to every single person that I come into contact with. So like my booth mate at the farmer's market, if I'm demoing with somebody at the grocery store, like whoever it is, like if I'm spending my time with people, I want it to be valuable. And then I want to be able to pass that on to others. So I think that that would really just be my advice. It's been a good way to live for me. And it's been a good way for me to connect to people and really feel good about the things that everyone in the community is doing. And so that, that would be it. I would say create a community system and then just really do everything you can to support, especially new people that are new to, to being a business owner. I definitely agree with that. I think in the past, I've been worried to reach out to people because I don't want to inconvenience anyone. Mm -hmm. But whenever someone reaches out to me, I'm never inconvenienced. So isn't that the way everyone feels? I think so. I mean, I don't know. It's the thing I was talking about earlier where people tend to just stand in their own way. Like in that situation, you're blocking yourself, but like the person that you want to reach out to isn't blocking you. They would probably welcome you with open arms, even if they just say, I'm not sure, but let me connect you with someone who knows. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> People are way more friendly than we give them credit for. I think so. Yes. So just to kind of finish out here, where can we find you online? So our website is marshallshotsauce.com. So it's Marshalls with an S and then it's H-A-U-T-E instead of hot. So hot is um, French for high end. So (laughs) marshallshotsauce.com is where you can find us. And then if you are trying to find sauce in your area, you can look and see what stores we're in. Uh, And if you don't see a store, you can always send me a message and I will try to get it to you wherever I can. But probably the best place just to order online. Yeah. And so you ship to the United States then? We do. We ship to the United States. We ship to some other places. And we also have some different companies that will ship all over the world. So it's gotten easier for us to do that over the years just through our website. So if it doesn't come up as a place that if you're you know, looking for us to ship somewhere and it doesn't come up, just send a message. We can always do it. That's really awesome. Yeah. Well, it was great having you on the show today. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It was great chatting with you. Absolutely. Have a great day. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Small Business Showcase. If you liked the episode, be sure to subscribe on Spotify or Apple Podcasts so you don't miss out on the next one. The discussion continues online. 
Head over to kaizentree.com articles to share your thoughts on today's show and to read some of our articles which cover useful topics, such as what to do about Apple's new iOS update. For more from Kaizentree, follow our Instagram at kaizentree or visit our website www.kaizentree.com. That's www.kaizentree.com. Www.kaizentree.com.